1: To receive this small daily devotional verse that Tom Cantor puts out, you can sign up at friendshipwithgod.org, friendshipwithgod.org, or find Tom Cantor on Facebook by searching for Tom Cantor and Friendship with God. Now, here is our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor.
2: Now, no doubt, Boaz has visited Naomi and Ruth in their house there, in their home, and Naomi has seen how Boaz really admires Ruth, really admires her, but there are some barriers. So the matchmaker has taken upon it herself to remove the barriers, but there are barriers to stand in the way of Boaz and Ruth to get married, and the barrier, the first prominent barrier is that he's old. He's very old. He's the age of Eli Melech, which was which was Naomi's husband. And so, you know, he's old enough to be Ruth's father, you know, which is why he keeps addressing her, daughter, my daughter. But Naomi, no problem. She's got that under control. She's got a plan. So there's another problem here. Or rather, let me just say this. So so first of all, Naomi says, okay, now, Ruth, I want you to really focus on the fact that he is a Goel. He's a kinsman redeemer. And here Naomi is saying to Ruth, you know, in our country, dear, sometimes you have to marry someone much older than you to fulfill the law of the kinsman redeemer. So when Naomi says, is not Boaz of our kindred, is not Boaz of Goel, Naomi is saying Boaz has an obligation to marry you. Now, Naomi moves now to remove this other obstacle, which is very, 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 very big in Ruth's mind, and that is Ruth is Ruth would say, I'm a Moabitus, I am of the accursed people, I am inferior to marry an Israelite. one thing to think is they let me work in their fields, in the fields. It's another thing to marry one. I can't marry one. So Naomi says to Ruth, something very important when she says here, she said, Now, is not Boaz of our kindred with whose maidens thou wast? with whose maidens thou wast. Naomi is saying, Ruth, Ruth, listen to me, Ruth. Didn't Boaz put you among his maidens? Didn't he do that? He did. In the chapter before, verse eight, chapter two, verse eight. Then said Boaz unto Ruth, hearest thou not my daughter, go not glean in another field, neither go from hence, but abide here fast by my maidens. That was Boaz's instruction. Naomi is saying, he puts you with the maidens. He put you with the maidens, Ruth. You know what that means? He put you with the maidens. That's it, your family, you're accepted. Mishba'ach. Lonsman or woman. You know, <laughs> I mean, you know, he's, a, you know, she, that's what that's what Naomi's saying, to Ruth. You, consider yourself part of the family. That's what she's saying. Okay, now got two obstacles removed, and now she's getting down to business. And so now, verse two. You know, verse two. How she says verse two. She goes, Behold. Winnow with barley tonight in the threshing floor, right? That's what Naomi's doing there. Ruth could say, how do you know this? How do you know this? Naomi would say, I've been watching. That's what I do. I watch. What do you think I'll do? What do you think I do all day, knit? <laughs> I watch, I watch. So Naomi says, uh, you know, Boaz is gonna, I know, I know, tonight, right tonight. He's gonna be right in the middle of this big heaps of grain. He'll be working really hard. He'll be eating a lot. He'll be drinking. He'll be so, so happy. And then he's going to sleep like a baby soundly. Oh, Boaz, you don't have a chance. <laughs> There's a bullseye painted on you. Naomi's got a plan here. All right. So now we see how Naomi has really got this very specific plan in verses 3 and 4. She says to, to Ruth, wash thyself therefore anoint thee, put thy raiment upon thee, get thee down to the floor, and do not thyself known unto the man until he have done eating and drinking. And it shall be, when he lieth down, thou shalt mark the place where he shall lie. And thou shalt go in and uncover his feet and lay thee down. And he'll tell you what to do next. All right, now, <laughs> it's not like Naomi said to Ruth, 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 dear, why don't you think about fixing yourself up a little bit? No, that's not the way Naomi. Me. Naomi, me, she, Naomi, she's commanding Ruth. She's commanding her. Ruth, Ruth, what's the matter with you? Don't look and smell like you've been working in the fields. She had been. You know, so she says, Ruth, make yourself look good, make yourself smell good, anoint thee. It's going to be dark. At least you should smell good, if nothing else. And it also won't hurt if you should look nice. You know, put thy raiment upon thee. You know, maybe in the moonlight, he should see. You should, you should have some nice clothes. You shouldn't look like a ghost. You know, you're going to scare him out of his mind. So he says to her, uh, you know, uh, put thy raiment upon thee. In other words, take off those widow clothes already. It's long enough. You're mourning for your deceased husband. It's done. It's over. It's finished now. It ended. It just ended. It's over. So what do you want? Those widow clothes to send the message are not available? So what Naomi was asking Ruth to do here, and I want you to see this, was very difficult for Ruth, very hard for Ruth. Ruth was a woman of purity, moral purity. Ruth was a woman of virtue. All the gate of the city, all the city, all the city knew that Ruth was a woman of virtue. For Ruth to visit Boaz in the night was the appearance of evil. And this was very hard for Ruth. Very hard for Ruth. You know who else something like this was hard for? Her her compatriot, Esther. 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 Two books in the Bible named after women, Ruth, Esther. Esther, Esther was also a woman with very high moral purity. The hardest thing in the world for Esther to do was to leave the godly home of Mordecai and be brought into King Ahasuerus' harem, All right? But Esther obeyed Mordecai. By the way, Esther's name is Hadassah, and uh, that's her Hebrew name, Hadassah, and that is the name of of the uh israeli organization when they were fighting for their freedom for the women the women undercover fighters who would um go out and do things very hard for them become lovers of the Arabs, uh commanders and so forth and and anyway the, the hadassah i don't want to talk about that so mordecai who realized that she had been sent to be the king's wife for the purpose of saving the jewish people from destruction and she did Now, this great quality of Esther is stated in Esther 2.20, Esther 2.20, where it said, Esther had not yet showed her kindred nor her people as Mordecai had charged her for. Esther did the commandment of Mordecai like as when she was brought up with him. So here's Ruth. She's like Esther. Ruth is like Esther. Here's Naomi. She's like Mordecai. I'm not going to say Boaz is like King Ahasuerus, but anyway, Naomi has ordered Ruth to go against all of her principles and visit Boaz in the night. And just as Esther did the commandment of Mordecai, so Ruth does the commandment of Naomi as we see in verse five, and she said unto her, all that thou sayest unto me, I will do. For Ruth, to risk her womanly feelings of staying pure is like asking Ruth to die, to risk her life. Moreover, Ruth also is not a demanding person. You know, Ruth was humble. She wasn't the, the, the type to go and say, I demand my rights be, according to the kinsman-redeemer laws in Leviticus. That's not Ruth. Ruth to obey Naomi and demand her rights to become the wife of Boaz because of the laws of the kinsman-redeemer, that's not Ruth. It's just not her. It's very hard for her. But as painful as this was for Ruth, she says in verse 5, all that thou sayest unto me, I will do. A great sacrifice, which brings us to the question, Why? Why did Ruth obey Naomi? Ruth obeyed Naomi because Ruth loved Naomi. That's why. And she loved her as her own mother. Ruth obeyed Naomi because Ruth had complete confidence in Naomi that Ruth knew that Naomi would not do anything to harm her. Ruth obeyed Naomi because she wanted Naomi. She wanted Naomi to rise above the shame, to dishonor the poverty of the state they were in. And Ruth obeyed Naomi because Ruth loved Israel. Ruth loved Israel. Thy people shall be my people, she said. She loved the people of Israel, and she wanted to be used to build up Israel, which she did. She didn't even know that by doing this, she was gonna become the great-grandmother of Israel's greatest king, King David. But she didn't know that. But she went ahead and did that because she loved Israel. She wanted to build it up. Now, Naomi tells Ruth the plan, that after Ruth has made herself smell nice, made herself look nice, in verse 3, wash thyself therefore, anoint thee, put the on a raiment upon thee. Then she says, get thee down, go down to the place where Boaz will lie down to sleep, and stay hidden, so no man sees you. No man should know that a woman was there then, Wait till after this tired Boaz, he's eaten, he's drunk well, he's and watch for where he lies down for a good night's sleep. She's saying, Listen to me, Ruth. Watch for where he lies down. He'll be alone. He's gonna lie down to sleep. And as soon as he's asleep, then carefully and cautiously make your move. It shall be in verse 4. When he lieth down, thou shalt mark the place where he shall lie, shall go in and cover his feet. And lay thee down, and he will tell thee what you can do. We can imagine Ruth saying, you want me to do what? (laughs) What? Well, she says, all right, listen to me, Ruth. The most important thing, make sure you mark the place where he shall lie. Make sure you get the right man. This could be a tragedy. If you get the wrong man, it would be an absolute disaster. So make sure, that's the first priority. And I want you to go in and just lift the blanket that's covering his feet, and lie down at the feet. Now, clearly, this was a very dangerous situation that Naomi was commanding Ruth to put herself in. So now the next question is, is why? Why did Naomi tell Ruth to do this? Naomi had an unwavering confidence in the innocence and moral purity of Ruth and how Ruth was not a woman that was gonna allow herself to be corrupted or would corrupt herself. Naomi also had an unwavering confidence in the purity of Boaz. She knew them both. She knew Boaz to be a man who guarded his moral purity and his integrity. But Naomi also had observed that Boaz was deeply attached, deeply interested in Ruth, but because of the age difference, Boaz had shrunk away from making any overtures toward Ruth. So Naomi knew that this would be a pure meeting at night and it was, a, it was what Boaz needed to break down this age barrier that he felt. So with wisdom, Naomi tells Ruth that after Ruth has uncovered his feet and laid down, then she says, he'll tell you what's going to happen next. In other words, she's been very specific. Her whole plan has all, all been one, two, three, this, this, this. And and, you imagine here, you know, very controlling. Naomi is very controlling. And and so she's saying to Ruth, first you do this, and then you do that, and then you do this, and then mm, he'll tell you the next thing. So she's saying to Ruth, you know, this, that, and the other, and then she kind of stops abruptly, and she says, at this point, I can't tell you what's going to happen next. Believe me, it's just going to take on a life of its own, and you just ride the the wave. (laughs) And with that, this shows something very special in Naomi, very special. Because we're really seeing here how Naomi knows how to trust the Lord and what would be next. Naomi is very controlling. She knows the step by step, but she also knows when to stop and let God take over. Anxiety comes when we overstep in control. Anxiety comes when we take too much control, when we don't know when to stop and wait. Wait on the Lord for the next step. It's wonderful when we can do, when we can master the art of committing, the art of committing, and to say, I'm not gonna try to control, I'm not gonna try to go any more more than I can, I'm gonna do the best I can, but I'm gonna come to a certain situation where I'm stopping, and then I'm gonna commit this situation to the Lord. You ever felt frustrated, like you're trapped, and like you you, you can't control the outcome? And that's the time, as Naomi here, stop, Pull back, let God be God, trust him for the outcome. Can we do that? I mean, the strongest trees are the ones that get the most wind. Why? The trunk grows strong, the roots go deep. It's all because of the wind. God allows the stress that we're gonna grow stronger in our life. You know, if our lives were such that, you know, uh, you know on Friday, the Loomis armored car pulls into our driveway, backs into our driveway, we open the garage door and dumps a bunch of money in there, we, you know, we'd have no stress. We'd say, who needs God? God, who needs God? You know, I got all this money. Like it says in Proverbs 30, verse 8, Proverbs 30, verse 8, remove far from me vanity and lies. Vanity and lies. Give me neither poverty nor riches. Feed me with conf- food convenient for me. Just the right amount. Lest I be full and deny thee and say, who's the Lord? Who's the Lord? Or lest I be poor, steal, take the name of my God in vain. See, if we're on an easy street, if we're on an easy street in life, we say, who's the Lord? Who's the Lord? Who's God? But God allows these seemingly no-way-out problems in our lives so that we'll never say, who's the Lord? We'll never say that. I mean, because these the, the stresses, they push us to God. And we should view our problems in life as opportunities to, for us to be like Naomi and do what we can and then master the art of committing. See? Problems are opportunities. You got problems, you got opportunities. Oy, do I have opportunities. All right. (laughs) Now, we can only do this. We can only do this, and Naomi could only do this if we are convinced that the Lord is our shepherd and father. We can only do this if we're convinced that the Lord is our shepherd and father. You know what's important to see about when the Lord says, you know, when we say Psalm 23, the Lord is my shepherd, or John 10, John 10, 11, John 10, 11, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd gives his life for the sheep. He says, I am the good shepherd. Or Father, from Matthew 6, 9, after this manner, therefore pray you, our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. You know what's really important about saying Father, saying shepherd, about him accepting the term, the title, shepherd and Father? What's really important is that he wants to. He wants to. He is not pushed into being our shepherd and father. He chose to be our shepherd and father. You know, he didn't say, well, I guess someone's got to take care of them, and I really don't want to do it, but I have to. Not at all. That's not the Lord. The Lord is saying there's nothing else that I would rather do than to be their shepherd and their father. And and only when we're convinced of that will we run run like kids into the arms of our father and say, dad, we'll take care of it. Dad will take care of it. That's what Naomi is telling Ruth here about the what next. He will tell you what to do, what thou should do next. Naomi is saying to Ruth, Dad will take care of it. The Heavenly Father will take care of it. That statement is a statement of victory over anxiety. And that's when the peace comes. Peace comes when we turn to God and commit the future of what's going to happen to Him. And that's what we see her doing, which he said he's going to tell you, verse 4, what thou shalt do. See, Naomi's goal is to bring Boaz out, draw Boaz out, to declare his desire to marry Ruth. And Ruth's obeying Naomi is nothing short of Ephesians 6.1. Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor thy father and thy mother, which is the first commandment with promise, that it may be well with thee that thou mayest live long on the earth. Ruth was not looking for a husband. She was not looking for a husband. She was just wanting to obey Naomi. That's a wonderful pattern for a believer, in how to find a spouse, not to have as the first intention of finding a spouse, but just the first intention to follow the Lord. See, it's important to see this. The most famous part in the book of Ruth is her declaration of loyalty. That's in chapter 1, verse 16. In chapter 1, verse 16, this is Ruth making a declaration of loyalty. And I'm going to read it to you now. And I want you to think in your mind about who who Ruth was making a declaration of loyalty to. Who Ruth was saying that she was going to be loyal to. Listen. And Ruth said to Naomi, and Ruth said, entreat me not to leave thee or to return from following after thee, Naomi. For whither thou, Naomi, goest, I will go. And where thou, Naomi, lodgest, I will lodge. Thy people, Naomi, shall be my people. Thy God, Naomi, shall be my God. Where thou diest, Naomi, where thou diest, will I die. And there will I be buried. And the Lord do so to me. And more also, if aught but death, part thee and me. That was Ruth's proclamation of loyalty and attachment to Naomi, Naomi, not a husband. Ruth did not say to Naomi, well, I'll stay with you as long as you can, and then you'll transfer me to a husband. No, she's saying, I'm gonna be with you till death do us part. You know, when Naomi says that, where thou diest, will I die, and there will I be married, that showed Ruth has no intention of getting married again and being separated from Naomi. When Ruth said to Naomi, Naomi, the Lord do so to me, and more also, if aught but death part thee and me. Ruth did not leave any room for saying to a husband, till death do us part. Ruth declared that her loyalty was to Naomi, and she had no interest in marrying again. So when Ruth obeyed Naomi, it was an act of obedience of love to Naomi. She had no sensual interest. She had no romantic interest in Boaz. Ruth had a love for Naomi. And so now in verse 7, where it says she came softly, we see her obeying Naomi. She waited till Boaz was asleep, and she cautiously steps, very cautiously, not make any noise, don't wake anybody up. Don't wake any man up. Don't wake Boaz up. And she gently goes and uncovers his feet and lays down. I don't think she was sleeping, but anyway. And now we see that Ruth has laid down in the feet there. In verse 8, it came to pass at midnight that when the man was afraid and turned himself, and behold, a woman lay at his feet. Boaz is sleeping so nicely. He's so nicely. He feels something warm on his feet, you know, something soft on his feet. What is this? He's startled. He's afraid. Maybe it's a skunk (laughs) or a warm snake or something like that. So he's jolted out of his sleep. And what do I feel at my feet? You know, and then it says, when it says he turned himself, it means he bent over to see, and that is the shock of it. Behold, a woman lay at his feet. You know, what's going on here? And Boaz asks the question, who art thou? It's dark, he can't see who it is, and Ruth gives the most beautiful answer to this question when she says in verse 9, I am Ruth, thine handmaid. I am Ruth, thine handmaid. It doesn't say, she didn't say, I am Ruth, the Moabitess, I mean, she's abandoned that title of being the Moabitess here, and now she sees herself as incorporated into the people of Israel, and Ruth has listened to Naomi when Naomi said, and now is not Boaz of our kindred with whose maidens thou was. She accepts that she's been accepted as one of the handmaids since Boaz has put her there. And now we read that Ruth said, spread therefore thy skirt over thine handmaid. A very unfortunate translation. Totally wrong. Totally wrong, and there are two problems with it. First of all, the first problem is with the word skirt. It's not the word skirt. The Hebrew word is a very important word, kanaf. It's the Hebrew word kanaf. Kanaf, let me show you where that's used. In Exodus 19.4, Exodus 19.4, when God said, you have seen what I did unto the Egyptians, how I bear you on eagles' wings, kanaf, and brought you unto myself. I bear you on eagles, kanaf. Kanaf does not mean skirt. Kanaf means wings or feathers. And so the first problem with the translation is this word, it's, it's, it's wings. The second problem with this translation is the tense of the verb. It's not in the future tense, it's in the past tense. You have done this already. The verse should read, thou hast spread thy wings, or kanaf, over thy handmaid, for thou art a near kinsman. See, when Ruth used the word kanaf, Wings, oh, she's talking Boaz's language. She's talking a lot of people's language. But she's talking Boaz's language because that's the word that Boaz used in Ruth chapter two, verse 12. When Boaz said to Ruth, the Lord recompense thy work, and a full reward be given thee of the Lord God of Israel, under whose wings thou art come to trust. Under whose, a full reward be given thee of the Lord God of Israel, under whose canaf thou art come to trust.
1: Santee, California, nine two zero seven one. Or email Tom Cantor at Tom Cantor at Friendship org. Tom Cantor at Friendship org. Or for more information about Tom Cantor and Friendship with God and Israel Restoration Ministries, call us at 800-247-3051
0: What are you doing Sunday nights?